So the first reading is from Genesis chapter 11. It's the story of the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, so the fall, the rebellion, the, the, the primal rebellion against God happens in Genesis chapter 3. And from Genesis chapter 3 to Genesis chapter 11, humans just magnify their sin more and more. So in chapter 4, uh, Ian kills Abel. Uh, Lamech brags about and makes up a song about killing a man because the guy insulted him. And then the violence just increases until you get to uh, Noah's flood where God says uh, violence, uh, murder, just covers the whole world. In Genesis 11, humans get together and they create a city. And God looks down and sees that humans are about to pull their evil into one giant big evil machine. And that's what's going on in the story of the Tower of Babel. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So God divides humans up into ethnic groups and languages so that they can't pull their evil into one big, vast, evil-creating machine. It's not that languages are bad. Languages are, are uh, for some of you, I think that languages are a lot of fun, learning languages and listening to other people talk languages. What's bad is this division of humans so that there are barriers between human groups. However, in Acts 2, this is Pentecost Sunday, in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit begins the process of reversing this and bringing all people back together in one, not for the purpose of evil, but underneath the authority of Jesus Christ. This is what happens at the first Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They're filled with new wine. 
But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Now he's going to quote from Joel 2. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Okay, so uh, the sermon text is from the Gospel reading, uh, John 14. Um, And when we read that, you'll notice right off the bat that um, it starts off with Jesus answered him. Uh, So uh, we probably ought to find out like what the question was that Jesus is answering there. It's... uh, uh, Strange that we would uh, get the answer, but not the question. I, I also apologize for that. I don't know what's going on with the microphone today. It's a little weird, but uh, uh, j- just bear with me if it keeps on doing that. Okay, so uh, the question uh, goes like this. That the, the question that you're not seeing in the bulletin, in the readings there, it starts off like this. In the section that Jesus is, uh, right before that, Jesus is telling his disciples, uh, he says, a little while and the world will see me no more. Uh, but you will see me a little while, and the world won't see me anymore, but you will see me. And then Judas, not Iscariot, this is in verse 22 right before this, so not the Judas Iscariot, that, that not Judas Iscariot, but Judas says to him, uh, how, what does that mean? How is it that the world won't see you, but your followers will see you? So Judas has in mind, Judas, uh, sorry Harry, uh, for Judas, um, when the kingdom comes, when the Messiah finally acts to bring about the kingdom, it's going to be uh, unbelievable. It, there's going to be bloodshed. There's going to be people screaming and crying. There's going to be Romans dying. 
Romans turning and running. There's going to be lots of celebration on the part of the Messiah's people. And uh, when that happens, everybody's going to know who the Messiah is and what he's doing. So for Judas, the idea that the Messiah would do what the Messiah does, and I, can we do this? Chuck, can we just turn that off? I mean, that's really... Let's...